Hello and welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday the 23rd of April 2022. This is Mark and your other readers this week are Susan, Andrew and Catherine. Our editor is Fola and we are Team 5. As usual, our items are taken from the local Gazette and Express, serving Hemel Hempstead, Berkhamsted and Tring. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442, unless stated otherwise. For those of you with computers, our website address is dtnhemel.org.uk. The week's headline reads, Gnarly. Olympians and former winners were among the competitors who took part in this year's Skateboard GBX Habito National Championships at Hemel Hempstead's XC Centre. More on this in the sports section. Now for more local stories. Hello, this is Susan. A development company has submitted plans for a village on the eastern side of Tring. The application includes the details of 1,400 new homes on land north of Station Road next to the Grand Union Canal. Harrow Estates has said that of the 1,400 houses, 45% will be affordable to suit individuals, couples, growing families and downsizers. The site, if approved, will also be home to green open spaces with allotments, a community orchard, a canal side park and play areas for residents to use. The submitted plans include two schools, a sports hub, health centre and space for new shops. A decision on the application will be made by the council in the coming months. Harrow Estate says the plans will also accommodate older people with up to 10% of properties dedicated to Tring's over 65 population. Hello, this is Andrew. Planning Director at Harrow Estates, Tim Noden said, we are delighted to submit these carefully designed plans for Marshcroft Garden Village suburb, which will help deliver much needed new homes in Tring, including very significant affordable housing provision. He added, we are grateful for the feedback received from the community, which has helped inform the submitted plans. Marshcroft seeks to deliver facilities and services which will benefit existing and new residents from new primary and secondary schools, health centre, indoor and outdoor sport, new public open green spaces, extensive footpaths and new cycle routes, shops and cafes, and places for the community to gather. Hello, this is Catherine. Liberal Democrat leader Sir Ed Davey has said the police has his full support in arresting Just Stop Oil protesters who have blocked a fuel depot in Hemel Hempstead. Campaigners from the Action Group have targeted Buntsfield Oil Terminal in Hemel Hempstead, as well as 10 other depots across the UK. Downing Street and the Labour Party have both condemned the action, including calling for injunctions, and now the Liberal Democrats have joined the calls to end the protests. Mr Davey made the comments while appearing in Watford and said he supported the police in making arrests and could not back the method or demands of their campaigners. Campaigners who have carried out 11 days of action have said they want the government to commit to stopping any new fossil fuel projects. 
While he agreed with cracking down on the unlawful protest, the Lib Dem leader expressed concern the government's police crime, sentencing and courts bill could affect how protesters more widely are policed. He said the police were right to make those arrests. This is an unlawful protest. That's against the law, and the police have our full support to deal with these protesters. What it does show, though, is that the Tories wanting to take extra powers is unnecessary. Priti Patel wants to ban lawful protests, but in Bunsfield it was an unlawful protest. So that just proves that the Conservatives tried to make out they're being tough on protests, when they're not at all. The new bill is being tough on people who are going about it in a legal way. When asked if he had any sympathy with the goals of the campaign group, he said the Liberal Democrats wanted to move away from oil and gas, but did not call for an immediate end to issuing new licences for offshore oil and gas exploration. The party leader, who served as Secretary of State for Energy and Climate Change in the coalition government, said renewable energy was the future and the government should do more to move away from fossil fuels. Mr Davies said, there are plenty of people, including Liberal Democrats, who are making the argument for renewable energy and from weaning our economies off oil, gas and fossil fuels that damage our environment and are proving very expensive. What I did as Secretary of State against the Tories who tried to stop me we quadrupled Britain's renewable power. We made Britain a world leader in offshore wind. It's really good that Liberal Democrats did that, as well as insulating a million homes, because if we hadn't done that, we'd be even more exposed to these high oil and gas prices and to people like President Putin. Now we've shown that renewable energy is the cheapest form, cheaper than gas and oil. We believe we should do more of it, much, much more of it. The great thing about it, unlike gas exploration or nuclear power stations, you can build renewable power plants much more quickly. Renewable power is the future. You can do it quick, you can do it cheap, it's independent, secure and it helps tackle climate change. Now we take a look at some readers' emails, starting with this one from Terry Palmer. Yet again, we have the BBC complaining that visa registration for Ukrainian refugees is taking too long to administer. Of course, no doubt the lefty BBC would love the Tory government to act just like the last Labour government did in open-door immigration. Look where that got us. I want to know who we are welcoming, whether from Ukraine or anywhere else, and that doesn't include foreign criminals whatsoever. If complete checks aren't good enough, what is? And Brenda Wilkinson writes, Many dog owners are a nightmare. Don't they ever learn? Dogs don't come off a lead in farmers' fields. I recently heard two baby lambs died and one was injured. Poor things must have been terrified being chased by a dog. I have a collie cross who is never off her lead. These owners want to get some sense. If they want their dogs to run, find a field not owned by farmers. The farmer is allowed to shoot the dog, and while it would be devastating to see your pet shot, it's the same for the farmer seeing the devastating results on their sheep. And from Mr P Gill. 
I read about a killer demanding to be treated like a baby in jail with nappies and baby food. So, the first thing is to take his PlayStation away. Take his television away. Take his music away, because he's obviously too young for these things. Give him a cot and let him get on with it. Also, sing him a nursery rhyme and put him to bed at six. In reality, just treat him with the contempt he deserves. Lastly, Jane Grayson writes, I'm not into celebrity gossip, as today's so-called celebrities are nobodies from Love Island or ex-girlfriends of TV chefs. I was having a chat with a woman who I thought I knew. She started going on and on about Brooklyn Beckham's wedding, showing me articles on her phone. Who on earth is interested in this wedding? He has parents who are famous, but what is he famous for? I was shocked that she would be excited about this. I think we can now be colleagues, but no longer friends. Returning to more news. Almost half of teachers plan to quit by 2027. 44% of teachers plan to leave the profession within the next five years. 52% said the workload was unmanageable, and that's up from 35% in 2021. 22% would leave within two years. Workload, public trust in teachers and the government were the key motivation for 65% of those. 73% said schools found it difficult to fill vacancies, leading to a doubling up of roles, getting worse since the start of the pandemic. Frustrated with landowners closing off access to their land on the 24th of April 1932, more than 400 walkers left Manchester and Sheffield for a mass trespass onto Kinder Scout, a moorland plateau on what is now the Peak District. Several walkers were arrested and imprisoned, but over the weeks, public opinion started to sway in the trespassers' favour. The trespass was the start of a movement in which the Ramblers have played a key part that eventually led to the National Parks and Countryside Act and the creation of our national parks and national trails, giving us more rights to enjoy the amazing countryside of England and Wales. The freedom to roam gives us the right to walk in wild open areas of countryside without having to stick to paths. Following years of campaigning by the Ramblers, the Government in England and Wales introduced the Countryside and Rights of Way Act in 2000, which opened up more than three million acres of moorland, mountain, heathland and downland, open access land, all for us to explore. If land is marked as open access, marked in yellow on OS maps, you don't need to stick to a designated path. Today, it's still the Rambler's mission to remove barriers to walking and improve both Britain's most popular and least known places. From campaigns for better access to nature for everyone, to volunteers on the ground, literally removing barriers by clearing overgrown paths and replacing styles, the charity is doing what it takes for more people to enjoy the pleasures of walking. Margaret Manning of the Greater Manchester Ramblers originally joined the Ramblers to campaign for the freedom to roam and continues to campaign in her local area. Walking keeps me fit, happy and sane. 
As a Ramblers member, I love that I can walk in the hills, on the coast or in local green spaces closer to home in good company. It's important to me to be able to pass on that enjoyment to others of all ages and backgrounds. And I'm proud to be part of a movement to improve walking for all. Bavesh Mystery from the Ramblers, Manchester and District Walkers said, Joining the Ramblers has taken me to lots of new places that I would never have thought of visiting. Francesca Donovan and her partner Stu Holm joined the Ramblers to support their campaigning work. Francesca said, We all have a vested interest in making sure the natural world around us is cared for and preserved, and the Ramblers offer hope through their campaigning. The Ramblers is calling for freedom to roam across England and Wales to be extended. Open green spaces where walkers can wander off path are mostly in remote upland areas, stretching across mountains, moors, heaths and downs. That's 8% of land in England. That leaves people in lowland areas, like much of eastern England, with less opportunity to roam freely close to where they live. As a Ramblers member, you will have access to thousands of tried and tested walking routes and great group walks across Britain to inspire your explorations. You'll also be supporting the charity's work to open the way for everyone. Find out more about how to become a member at ramblers.org.uk. Top tips when rambling. Take your litter home and leave no trace of your visit. Leave gates as you find them and be considerate to those living and working in the countryside. Plan ahead and check your route and local conditions before you go. Follow the countryside code at gov.uk forward slash government forward slash publications forward slash the hyphen countryside hyphen code is and good news for walkers the england coastal path is due to be complete in summer next year making it possible to walk the entire coast of england at more than 2700 miles long it will be the world's longest coastal trail a disabled woman from Hemel Hempstead has lived without a working shower for four months as she waits for the Decorum Borough Council to fix the broken appliance. Christine Darling says she has been chasing the council since December after her wet room flooded due to a faulty shower pump. The council said the delay was out of its control and caused by supply chain issues. Mum, Christine, has osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis and needs a working shower for both herself and her teenage son to use. She said, I'm having to struggle across Hemel to my parents' house and they're in their 80s. I have to wake them up to try and have a shower in the mornings. And she says she has been told that the Coram Borough Council has been waiting for a part to fix the shower despite being informed by several plumbers that the part will not be available as the shower is too old. Decorum Borough Council said, We have checked our records and can confirm that there has been a significant issue with the supply chain for the required shower pump. In addition, some 40 units were recalled by the manufacturer. 
Unfortunately, the delay in receiving these parts was out of our control. We are pleased to confirm that our repairer's contractor, Osborne, has sourced a new pump for the shower, and this was installed on Wednesday 13th of April 2022. The cost of living continues to rise. Worrying research has revealed that one in five Brits are turning to loans to attend key life events, including weddings, while more than a quarter rely on credit cards. The study of 2,000 British adults was commissioned by Forbes advisor via OnePoll. The findings are part of a study conducted by the leading price comparison platform, outlining how the British public funds various events and celebrations during their lifetime. A further 26% of Brits said they would have to cut back on gift giving and event attendance due to the rising cost of living, while one in eight admitted they can no longer afford to attend celebrations. The review comes as national insurance is also rising by 1.25%, which has put a further squeeze on family spending, with employees, employers and the self-employed all paying 1.25 pence more in the pound for national insurance from April the 6th. Government website gov.uk says, your national insurance contributions might increase when the health and social care levy comes into effect in the UK, England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland from April the 6th. The increase in your contributions will be used to help fund the NHS, health and social care. You will not be affected by these changes if you are above state pension age and are not an employee or self-employed. To help ease the pressure, the threshold will increase from July so that you won't, don't have to pay if you earn less than £12,570. From April 2023, national insurance will return to its current rate. In the next 12 months, anyone earning less than about 34,000 will pay less national insurance than they did last year, and anybody earning more than that will pay more. The proposal is predicted to raise £12 billion annually. In the face of rising costs, worryingly, 11% are reverting to expensive payday loans to raise funds, while more than a quarter rely on credit cards. More than one in 10 Brits say they turn to family or friends for money to cover the cost of life events. The study conducted by Forbes advisor follows months of rising living costs as UK inflation reaches a 30-year high of 5.5%. Over a quarter of those surveyed say they would have to cut back on gift-giving or spend less on attending significant life events due to the rising cost of energy, fuel and food. One in eight say rising living costs means they can no longer afford to buy gifts or attend celebrations. The study also listed the most expensive celebrations that Brits attend as guests throughout their lives, based on the average cost of both attending and providing a gift. Family wedding, £235. Hen or stag party, £199. Friends wedding, £199. Graduation, £189. Baby shower, £165. 
Engagement Party, £159. Anniversary Party, £156. Naming Ceremony, £154. Adult Birthday Party, £142. And finally, Housewarming, £138. Personal finance expert at Forbes Advisor, Laura Howard, said the end of COVID-related restrictions on international travel, guest numbers at events such as weddings, self-isolation and mask wearing is a massive breath of fresh air as we head towards a brighter spring and summer of 2022. Yet as we come out of one crisis, the weight bears down heavier on another, the soaring cost of living. Of course, this is in no way comparable to the suffering that millions of Ukrainians fleeing their homes as a result of the war are facing right now. But for those of us on UK soil, it's the kind of worry that can keep us awake at night. She added, We have little choice but to power our homes, fill up our cars with fuel and do the weekly food shop, all costs which have soared since the pandemic began. But for more and more households, this is simply where the money runs out, and extras such as life celebrations become unaffordable. Cutting back on expenses is no easy feat, especially now when cheap energy deals are no longer available. But it's worth seeing if there are some unnecessary expenses to tackle. For more information, visit Forbes.com. Temperatures across the country are up and with that means getting some welcome sunshine. Whether this will last is another matter, but especially with the popularity of staycations rising, we should take the same precautions as we would on the Costa del Sol. According to Cancer Research UK, a third of Brits are more likely to protect their skin abroad than at home, despite the fact you can still get dangerously sunburnt in the UK. With the kids off school, it's especially important to ensure the whole family is protected while enjoying the weekend sun, whether you're gardening, partying, or just basking in the warmth of a long weekend. Make hats your thing. A hat is one of the best ways to keep heat and sun off your head, ears and neck, particularly as few things are more annoying than a burned hairline. Even if you think hats don't suit you, neither does sunburn, so take the plunge and rock a cap or wide brim hat. Sun cream needs to be everywhere. You may be covering your back, face and shoulders with sun cream, but forgetting some important areas might lead to a painful burn. Make sure you cover everywhere, including often forgotten spots like behind your ears, the back of your neck and the tops of your feet if you're wearing sandals. The skin on our lips can be very sensitive, so you could use a balm containing SPF too. You might want to consider reapplying sunscreen every few hours, particularly if you're outside all day and sweating. Kevin Troy, founder of Coraline Skincare, CorallineSkincare.com, suggests for kids using a minimum of SPF 30. He adds, SPF 50 plus is even better to ensure children's skin is as well protected as can be. You should opt for waterproof sun cream. While sunscreen is unlikely to be fully waterproof, the ones that claim they are should stay on a lot longer than non-water resistant alternatives. If you plan on going to the beach, going swimming, or letting your kids play in the sprinkler or paddling pool, waterproof sun cream should help them stay protected a bit longer. 
Even if you're not taking a dip, it might offer better protection if you're getting sweaty by working out or sunbathing. Makeup SPF might not be enough. If you're applying makeup to go to a barbecue or garden party, you might be tempted to sit, skip sun cream, particularly if your products contain SPF. However, Troy says, SPF makeup can potentially make people a little complacent in terms of reapplying sun protection. To me, it makes more sense to apply your SPF separately and reapply it if you'll be spending a longer period of time in the sun. And don't forget eye protection. Exposure to the sun can have potentially serious consequences for your eyes, including photokeratosis, which is like sunburn of the corneas. If you or your children spend lots of time in the water, you could think about goggles with UV protection, and sunglasses should block between 99 and 100% of UVA and B. Detectives from Hertfordshire Police are asking witnesses to come forward following an incident in a Berkhamsted car park. Police received reports that a man had been punched in the mouth after an argument with a group of men in the rear car park at Berkhamsted Sports Centre off Douglas Gardens just before 9pm on Saturday, April the 2nd. It has been said that the punch caused bleeding and gave the victim a dislodged tooth. Detective Constable Catherine Jordan said... The incident occurred following a boxing event at the location. Our inquiries are continuing at this time to identify the suspect and, as part of the investigation, we would like to speak to anyone who was present at the event so we can establish the circumstances around what happened. If you were in the area at the time and saw the incident or the events prior to it, please get in touch. Officers are growing increasingly concerned for the welfare of a woman who has gone missing from the Berkhampstead area. Hertfordshire Police have appealed for information. Alice, 37, from Zimbabwe, was last seen at 6pm on Easter Sunday, April 17th. She is slim, 5 foot 6, and was wearing a grey hoodie with black leggings when last seen. Police are appealing for people to call 999 immediately if they believe they are with Alice now or have seen her in the last few moments. Anyone with information is asked to contact police online or call 101. Now we come to the information slot. This is followed by the obituaries, what's on and letters to the editor, information about Alexa and Google. The DTN on Alexa and Google now comes via British Wireless for the blind, BWFB. This is a free service that replaces the former system. Some listeners have queries about this changeover, but Jonathan, who operated the old method, has signed off this month. When you first try to operate the DTN under the new system, you may hear a message from Jonathan initially, but repeat your instruction asking... Alexa, open the talking newspaper skill and then ask for decorum talking newspaper and it should start up. Our secretary has been forwarding the queries to Brian at BWFB who luckily sorts them out. If you would like to speak to BWFB directly, please ring our secretary on 
217918 and she will issue Brian's number. Obituaries recorded on this week's papers, a family announcements page, are Barry William Claydon and Barbara Mary Delderfield. May they both rest in peace. And now some of what's on locally. A charity cycle challenge for the hospice Rene Grove will return this summer with cycling routes going through decorum. The 150-mile Tour de Rene Grove will take place over three weekends around Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire. The hospice charity, which provides specialist care and support for children and adults living with life-limiting illnesses, is encouraging local people to tackle a chosen leg of the tour or take on the entire 150-mile run. Each route will correspond to an area across the two counties in which the charity's nurses visit patients day and night. The first leg starts on the weekend of June the 11th when participants can cycle through the scenic countryside of Hertfordshire, Bedfordshire and Buckinghamshire at whatever time that suits them. The hilly ride will take place on June the 18th and 19th and will start in Tring. The final leg will be around Buckinghamshire and briefly into Berkshire over the last weekend in June. Tracy Hancock, Director of Fundraising, said, Your entry fee of £10 per route, or £25 for the whole tour, helps to cover the costs of putting on the event, which is being generously subsidised by our headline sponsors, Origin Doors and Windows. She added, But your sponsorship contributes directly towards patient care. Every mile you pedal could be another £1 towards specialist nursing care and support that helps families facing life-limiting illness stay at home together when every moment matters. To sign up, go to rennygrove.org. Now a look at this week in history. On April the 19th, 1987, the Simpsons premiered as a short cartoon on The Tracy Ullman Show. On this day last year, NASA's Ingenuity Mars helicopter completed the first powered controlled flight on another planet, the space agency announced. On April the 20th in 1972, Apollo 16 landed on the moon. On April the 21st, 1945, Ivan Novello's Perchance to Dream opened at the London Hippodrome with this now classic song, We'll Gather Lilacs. The show ran to 1,022 performances. On this day last year, the Queen's real 95th birthday was a private and low-key event following the death of her beloved husband, the Duke of Edinburgh. On April the 22nd, 1943, the printing of British £1,000 notes was discontinued. On this day last year, a UK ticket holder came forward to claim the week's jackpot prize of £59 million in the Euro Millions draw, Operator Camelot said. On April the 23rd, 2005, the first video was uploaded to YouTube.com. On April the 24th, 1986, the Duchess of Windsor, the American widow of Edward, Duke of Windsor, died in Paris, aged 89. And on this day last year, Four astronauts on board SpaceX's Crew Dragon capsule 
successfully docked at the International Space Station. And now back to more local news. A man from Berkhamsted has teamed up with local businesses and volunteers to send a convoy of vans with over five tonnes of donations to Poland. Staz Strack, who is from Ustron, Poland, was inspired to act after hearing news from his cousin that the town was struggling to cope with the large numbers of refugees arriving. More than 400 boxes were packed full of supplies by volunteers at the Sacred Heart Church and North Church Social Centre. Thanks to local businesses and organisations, including Bisley Office Equipment, Gelmac Property Group, Think Recruitment, Trings Lions Club, the Diamond Trust, Glencar Construction, Home and Abroad and Attic Storage, enough was raised to transport five vans of essentials to Poland. The donation page raised £18,761, which will be donated to the Ukrainian Refugee Aid Administration in Ustron. The town is 200 miles from the Ukraine border and has taken in over 1,500 refugees. Staz and the group of local dads who drove the vans to Poland arrived home in the early hours of April the 12th. He said... The local refugee coordinators are working on getting the children into classrooms and restarting their education. These children will rebuild Ukraine from the ashes and whatever little we have provided will not be forgotten. A high-performing decorum police officer has been presented with the prestigious Frank Mason Memorial Award by Hertfordshire Police. Police Constable Mike Matthews, 29, has one, of, has one of the highest arrest rates for the division and is known for going the extra mile in all aspects of his work. PC Matthews was chosen for the award on April 14th, which is given out annually in honour of an off-duty police officer who was fatally wounded in Hemel Hempstead over 30 years ago. In 1988... PC Francis Mason, better known as Frank, witnessed a security van being held up by armed robbers in Bank Court. He displayed great courage and tackled the gunmen. Frank was shot and died aged 27. Each year, the Frank Mason Memorial Award is presented to a decorum-based officer who has displayed PC Mason's qualities of dedication and selflessness in protecting the community. PC Matthews said, It is such a huge honour to have been chosen as the winner of this year's Frank Mason Memorial Award. I love my job and every day I come to work wanting to make a real difference to people's lives. He added, I must thank all my colleagues with a special thanks to Team 5 for their hard work and support over the years, along with my supervisors who have helped to continuously develop me as an officer, supported me over the last five years and nominated me for such a prestigious award. The whole team across the Quorum works together to put victims of crime at the forefront of everything we do, making Decorum a great place to work and safer place to live for the community. PC Matthews has coached three student officers who've become fit for independent patrol in the past year. PC Matthews has been first officer on the scene on several occasions 
including road traffic collisions and incidents where people are suffering medical episodes. It's used as first aid training in an effort to revive or keep people alive until paramedics arrive. In another example of his work ethic, colleagues highlighted how PC Matthews worked 17 hours straight supporting a domestic abuse victim. Fees from a new BBC drama starring Sean Bean that was filmed in Hemel Hempstead will be donated to homeless charities. The drama was filmed at the Foundry on the former Decorum campus of West Hearts College. Bellways, the Foundry in Hemel Hempstead, has donated its filming fees to charity after the BBC used its location to film scenes for a new drama series. Donations of £500 were made to Hearts Young Homeless and Emmaus Hertfordshire, after the BBC filmed at Bellway's North London's development for an upcoming series. The new show, Marriage, will feature Game of Thrones' Sean Bean and Unforgotten star Nicola Walker. Money will also be given to Bellway's national charity partner, Cancer Research UK. Zoe Dobbs, sales manager for Bellway North London, said... We were delighted to welcome the BBC to our development and even more delighted that we can use the filming fee to help those in need within the county of Hertfordshire where we're building new homes. Business and Development Manager from a mouse, Hertfordshire, Gemma Beckett said, Our social enterprise which recycles and upcycles furniture funds a large portion of our costs but the support of businesses like Bellway is vital in enabling us to continue to help more of those in greatest need, and we are hugely grateful for this generous donation. Hearts Young Homeless supports vulnerable people within Hertfordshire. Growing up in the northeast of England, Chris Baber was always obsessed with food, but he never thought he'd actually be able to make it into a career. I'm not from a massive foodie family, he admits. We had good home-cooked food, but by no means was it master chef. It was spag bowl, cottage pie, roast dinners, the classics. Baber has fond memories of food, particularly going to his granddad's house on the weekends. He recalls being in the kitchen with him, and I guarantee there'd be music, he'd be having a good time cooking, dancing, enjoying it. I could see he enjoyed the process and I loved being part of that. I could see how much satisfaction he got from serving us as a family, Baber adds. But his food education didn't come from his family. As Baber explains, I was self-taught through what I was gathering on TV. I'd come in from school and watch stuff like Ready Steady Cook. I was obsessed with cookery shows. I'd see things and after watching go into the kitchen and experiment. And this naturally evolved into Baber cooking, into Baber learning how to cook. A long-time fan of cooking shows, Baber soon found himself on one, BBC One's Yes Chef, which he won in 2016. He calls it a surreal experience and one that was very far from his life back in Hexham, Northumberland but adds that, once I got started, it was like I finally found what it is I love to do. This is when his life completely changed. His food hero, Atul Koshar, 
was a judge on the show and invited Weber to come to London and work in the kitchen of his Michelin-starred restaurant, Benares. Looking back now, he says it was absolutely bonkers, but the most incredible experience. And as a home cook, it was a real trial by fire. I've probably never worked so hard, but I've also probably never learned so much in such a short space of time, Weber admits. His future wasn't to be in professional kitchens, however. Instead, Baby wanted to translate what he learned into simple tips and tricks for people at home, and that's what he's done in his debut cookbook, Easy. Throughout the book, you'll find the odd recipe from the northeast of England, such as singing hinnies, Japan-fried scones, or panna calti, a type of corned beef pie. It was really important to me, first of all because it tastes delicious and it's easy to make, Baber explains. There's so much food out there and we're lucky enough to have access to the most amazing ingredients from around the world, which is fantastic. But I also think there are some recipes like panna calti. It's a northeast delicacy. If people aren't making it, I feel like some of these recipes can eventually die out. It's something I grew up with and I've got great memories eating it, he adds. And I've got an opportunity here to share it with people who aren't just in the northeast and shed new light on it as a dish. Easy by Chris Baber is published by Ebury Press, priced at £16.99 and it's available now. A man has sadly died after falling from a car park at Selden Hill, Hemel Hempstead, on Wednesday, April the 13th. A spokesperson for Hertfordshire Police said, Officers attended alongside colleagues from the fire and ambulance services. An air ambulance also attended. Sadly, the man passed away at the scene. The spokesperson added his next of kin had been informed. The incident is not being treated as suspicious and will be referred to the coroner. A study carried out by researchers from both the University of Exeter and Oxford University found that the majority of children think farm animals should be treated as well as humans. However, this opinion begins to somewhat lessen by the time they reach their teenage years. The researchers quizzed 479 people from three different age groups in England. Kids aged 9 to 11, a group of young adults aged 18 to 21, and a group of older adults between the ages of 29 and 59. All participants were shown pictures of various animals, foods and other items and asked to class them as food, pet or object. The majority of children believed humans and farm animals should be treated the same, with many dismissing the idea of eating an animal, at least compared to the adults interviewed. Researchers say the survey tells us more about the development of speciesism, which is the belief that one species is superior to another. They say the responses suggest that speciesism is likely to be mostly learned during adolescence, the time between being a child and an adult. However, the children did think that chimps ought to be treated better than pigs and pigs better than rats. So they had already decided that some species were on different levels in some ways. 
The report says that humans' relationship with animals is full of ethical, what's right and wrong, double standards. Some animals are beloved household companions, while others are kept in factory farms for economic benefit. Judgments seem to be largely depended on the species of the animal in question. Dogs are our friends, pigs are food. Olympians and former winners were among the competitors who took part in this year's Skateboard GBX Habito National Championships hosted by Hemel Hempstead's XC Centre. The two-day event saw scores of skateboarders brave the indoor park at the XC located at Jarman Park. And the final, which was held on Sunday April the 10th, was streamed live on BBC iPlayer and saw the likes of skateboarding superstar Andy MacDonald, Team GB's Olympic competitor Bombette Martin and the winner of last year's event, Alex Halford, all compete. Bombette, 15, who is originally from Birmingham, was the first ever skater to compete at the Olympic Games Park skateboard event in Tokyo last year. Rebecca Hemant, managing director, said, It was an absolute privilege to work with Skateboard GB and host such a prestigious event. This year's format for the championships was different, with the park in Hemel Hempstead discipline and street in London discipline being split into two separate events. Mark Jones admitted it wasn't our day. After Hemel Hempstead Town's Vanarama National League South playoff hopes were hit by a 2 0 defeat at Slough Town on Easter Monday. The Tudors had thrown themselves right into the mix after they'd claimed a fine 1 0 victory over Hampton and Richmond Borough at Vauxhall Road on Good Friday. But they were unable to follow that up in the second pass of their Easter double header as freak own goal from Gus Scott Morris and a second-half Josh Jackman strike sealed the points for Slough. Hemel's misery was compounded by second-half red cards for Dan Wishart and Cole Pikawa. The Tudors returned to action on Saturday with a tough home clash with leaders Maidstone United. Reflecting on Monday's loss... Boss Jones told the club's YouTube channel, I don't think we played particularly well, but you have to give the opposition credit. They caused us a few problems. The first goal we conceded was just a freak. I didn't really see it until it was just trickling towards the net. When you concede a goal like that, you wonder whether it's going to be your day. But we had enough time to come back into the game. Slough had a lot of possession, but I didn't think they really hurt us, and we've had moments in and around their box. We had a bit of a gamble at half-time. I felt we needed to win, and we went to a 3-4-3 formation, but we didn't really create a lot of clear-cut chances. The little details we didn't get right, but the main incidents in the game didn't really fall for us. The red cards cause us a bit of a problem because they will both be banned for three games and they are both naturally left-sided defenders. My record at Slough as a manager is pretty poor. I don't think I've enjoyed a good day there. It's a difficult one to take. It certainly wasn't our day. I didn't think there was a lot in the game. I fancied us to keep going and get something out of it. 
It was a keenly contested game between two similar sides and they have come out of it on the right end of it. In my opinion, there wasn't loads in the game, but we didn't produce a performance good enough to get three points. Berkhamsted have one final piece of business to attend to before they bid for promotion in the Southern League Division 1 Central Playoffs. The Comrades lost 3-2 at home to Harlow Town on Saturday as Bedford Town were crowned champions. Rhys Robbins scored both goals for Burko, but they bounced back on Easter Monday as they snatched a late goal to claim a 1-0 success at Aylesbury United. They were rewarded for their attacking intent in stoppage time, when they struck the woodwork but Lewis Toomey nodded the loose ball across the goal and Ryan Newville arrived to head down to claim the points with his first goal of the season. On Saturday, Berkhamsted are at home to St Neots Town in the final game of the regular season. Then, next Tuesday night, they will be at home again in the semi-finals of the playoffs. They will host whoever finishes fifth, but that won't be decided until the games have been completed on Saturday. Currently, it is North Lee who hold fifth place going into the last day of the campaign. Should Burko make it through their semi-final, they will be at home again in the playoff final, which is set to be played on Bank Holiday Monday, May the 2nd, at a 3pm kickoff. A big weekend also lies ahead for Berkhamsted's under-15 team. They are at home to Leverstock Green on Sunday morning, and it is a game that will decide the Eastern Junior Alliance title. Just two matches were played in the Berkhamsted Sunday League on Easter Sunday, but they produced plenty of goals. In Division 1, Layhill and Botley claimed a 7-4 success over Gossam's End reserves. Dan Steer scored twice for the hosts, with Matt Burr, Ben Jackman, Ferg Allen, Theo Mutri and Liam Crane also on target, while Will Wilcox, Chris Wilcox, Elliot Hutchins and Ben Wooten replied for the visitors. In the Premier Division, Goals from Sean Powell, 2, Miles Baxter and Danny Vegas-Holt earned Magpies 91, a 4-2 home victory over Finisterre. The visitors replied through Curtis Donaldson and Thomas Jurel. A huge weekend awaits for Hemel Storm. Their season culminates in a trip to Manchester to compete in the NBL Division 1 playoff final. Vanarama-sponsored Storm will be taking on league champions Solent Kestrels. Storm earned their spot in the final after coming through two away games in the playoffs. First, they enjoyed a thrilling 91-90 overtime success at Derby Trailblazers, and then, just under two weeks ago, they were 91-78 winners at Thames Valley Cavaliers, to secure their spot in Manchester. They're set to be backed by a big travelling support who will be heading north to the National Basketball Performance Centre for The Clash, which tips off at 3.30pm on Saturday. A good crowd, meanwhile, enjoyed an exhibition match with Great Britain over 35s last weekend, as Storm emerged victorious by a narrow 87-84 scoreline. 
Little Hay Golf Club's men's section kicked off their Hearts Friendly League campaign away at Rickmansworth. Like last year, the home side were able to take full advantage of a course in good condition, but it's always a tricky one for the visiting team. The best score of the day for Rickmansworth was an impressive 41 points, while Little Hay's best score was a hard-earned 36 from the pairing of club captain Phil Gonzalez and club champion Tong Tse. In the end, it was the hosts who triumphed by 188 to 160 scoreline. Little Hay seniors played their first fixture of the summer season at Redbourne. With the weather perfect for golf and a course in good condition, the match resulted in a narrow three and a half to two and a half loss for Little Hay. Back at Little Hay, Julie Mace won the ladies' spring bouquet with an excellent score of 38 Stableford points. Dorothy Norman was 15 points back in second, while Anne Hetherington was third with 22. And in cricket news, the draw for the 2022 Heath Cup, sponsored by Adex Interiors, has been made. The first round will see two matches played with Kings Langley taking on Abbots Langley and North Church facing Watford Town. Eight other teams have received a bye into the quarter-final stage. Quarter-final draw is Langleyberry versus Leverstock Green, Kings Langley or Abbots Langley versus Little Gaddiston, Hemel Hempstead Town versus Chipperfield or Clarendon, North Church or Watford Town versus Berkhamsted. We're coming to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are 5.48am and 2010pm. Don't forget, for those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemmel.org.uk. If you wish to listen on Alexa, say, Alexa, open the talking newspaper skill. Follow this with Play Decorum Talking Newspaper. Remember, information on local amenities and services follow after the final music of this recording of the news on the memory stick. For those who are listening to this week's news on memory stick, at DTN we've been having some problems with the yellow pouches. Many disappear on their return journey to us or are delayed in reaching our listeners with the latest recording. We are trying to resolve these issues with Royal Mail and ask for your patience until the service improves. Please remove your memory stick carefully from the player and return it to us in the pouch provided. Turn the label over and post it back to us at the Adifield Community Centre, the Queen's Square, Hemel Hempstead, HP2 4EW, using any Royal Mail post box. No stamp is required. Thank you for listening. Until next time, it is goodbye from all your readers, the editor and Gary, your technician this week. Mm -hmm.